welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following is excerpted from a session of Dharma Dialogues originally titled, Holy Yearning. This particular clip we've retitled, Confidence. It was recorded in Los Angeles in 2002. Sometimes our life can seem like a perpetual motion machine. Of course, until one day it stops. Just thrusting forward. Buying what we're told we should want. Competing as needed. Checking off our to-do lists. At the end of our life, we might have checked off a lot of to-do lists. And we all know that in our, when we're in a, a, a perpetual motion phase, we all know the stress of that. We forget entirely what the point is. Sound familiar? So what is the antidote? What is the antidote to this kind of thrusting, going through the motions, clicking off the to-do list, meaningless activity? It's possible, it's possible to live in wonder. I was just reflecting, in fact, on the way over here, Michael and I were talking about the Moody Blues. Some of you are too young to know the Moody Blues, but we discovered on the way over here that it was our favorite band when we were younger. Um, and there's one, one of their albums called Every Good Boy Deserves Favor is a picture, a beautiful painting. You must know the Moody Blues, Ray. <laughs> uh, of, a, of an old wizard-type character. And he's dangling a cord with a strangely lit orb. And there's a young boy, a very fresh-faced, English-looking young boy, with his finger outstretched, with just a face of wonder. I was, con- I was reflecting on this the other day as I was writing, and it occurred to me that we're looking at a strangely lit world as well, all the time. But we become kind of jaded. We forget that's what we're looking at. We're distracted by our miserable story or our fantasy story, our hope story, our wish that we lived in a magically lit world. (laughs) 
wanting, wanting things we already have. So really, being awake is just about remembering what you already know. It's not any adding on. It's nothing you're going to get extra. It's a willingness to live in your clearest space. You don't have to wait till your deathbed right to suddenly see gosh <laughs> why not enjoy this along the way that's all that being awake is really living what you know what you know in your heart of hearts everyone knows this Everyone knows when you just, for even a moment's intelligence put to the subject, this is very precious. We are looking at the wonders all the time. We don't know what light is. We don't know where any of this came from. this fantastic mystery, it's always surprising us. And if you let it, even you will be a continual surprise to yourself. And then you find yourself, as I said, in wonder and a kind of contentment. You take what comes. Sometimes it's subtle, sometimes it's dramatic. It doesn't matter. You're not demanding of life, because as I always say, that puts you in a position of hunger, of beggarliness. You're not saying, this has to happen in order for me to be happy. All you need to say is, let the happiness that I know flow freely. Let the happiness that I am Let the love, you know, people go around looking for love. (laughs) And the place to find love is just here, in your own being. Notice that, and then you're always in love. You're love itself. You're you're in love. If someone wants to be in love with you, that's great. (laughs) The more the merrier. But you don't need that to be in love yourself.
yet another trance of the culture. So wonder and contentment. Being at ease. Not going around with a begging bowl in this life. You're at the feast. Whether they're serving mangoes or pomegranates today, it doesn't matter. All right, that's my opening speech. <laughs> so, I, I, I was uh, I was just taking another look at Alan Watts's book, The Wisdom of Insecurity, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and because um, I'd been thinking about the difference between belief and faith this week, and I remembered I'd seen something in the book and I looked at it and it's just one, I mean, it's, there's more than that, but it, one line he says, he says that belief clings and faith lets go. So I wanted to ask you, um, it feels that, you know, I have a lot of beliefs. There's a whole belief system that I have that is me, so to speak. And yet faith is something that seems like just almost singular that it's um, um, that in that if you um, come to this place, it requires faith, and that the belief systems are what our belief systems are what keeps. In other words, it seems like you have to take the plunge, you know, into that warm bath. But to take a, you got to take take the plunge requires some kind of faith, and I was wondering what your experience is. Along those lines, or? I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't phrase it that way. I would say that it, this is such a direct experience, and that a confidence comes. Let's not call it faith, because faith can be associated with hope and belief, and you know, kind of a hope. But confidence comes from experience. So, in direct experience when it's tried over and over again, when it's, when it's, I mean, when it's fired in the truth of the actual experience, there's a, uh, um, like I say, a confidence that, uh, that builds. Because you see that this presence shines in difficult circumstances, in happy circumstances, after a while you realize it's the one taste, it's the primary taste. And no matter what's happening, it becomes, it, it takes the foreground. So it's not so much a question of belief or faith, it's direct experience. So when you say confidence, is it a confidence in, in what exactly? It's a confidence in the steady truth of 
of this presence to which nothing is st- sticking or touching it, right? Nothing is sticking and staining it. So no matter what you lob on in terms of pain and remorse and regret and hope and fear and no matter what, this remains ever fresh. And that beca- it becomes your home base. The ever fresh presence becomes where you live and what you are. And what you know yourself as, that's what you, you know, most people, what they know themselves as is a big story. I'm this, I'm that, I did this, I'm going there, here's my, you know, like I said last week, here's, you know, here's my list of credentials, here's the trips that I've made, here's the travels, the countries I've visited, (laughs) you know, and so on. That's what people think of. They, They think of themselves as a kind of autobiography and, you know, like a story. But as we all know, stories are made up. They're, they're edited. They're selectively edited. And in the freshness of this, you kind of don't know who you are. I mean, it's not relevant even as a question, kind of. You know, it's at one of our retreats, someone who was there said in the morning session, he said he looked in the mirror and he did not recognize that face, but he shaved it anyway. <laughs> now, he didn't recognize the face because the stories associated with the face were not there. The power of the retreat was he was just in radiant presence, right? The story that is associated with that face, the who am I, this is who I am story, simply wasn't there in that moment, but he shaved it anyway. So what I'm speaking about in terms of confidence is, is seeing this, this, the power of this, unmitigated by circumstance, by memory, uh, by loss, you know. Would you say that's a, a product of time or is it just occurs in an instant and continues to be kind of corroborated it does it it occurs in an instant and it does continue to be corroborated and it's my experience that over time it does deepen um that may not be true for everyone for every for other people they may have the recognition and it may be very very deep and profound right from the get go like ramana maharshi but i suspect that there are a few of those around <laughs> mostly mostly what i see is um people getting used to this and then it deepens with time This has been In the Deep. If you'd like to know more about my work, book a private session by phone or Skype, or make a tax-deductible donation in support of these podcasts, please visit katherineingram.com. Till next time.